Answering Mormon's Questions by Bill McKeever and Eric Johnson deals with 36 commonly asked questions by your LDS friends and neighbors. It's a great resource for Christians who want to share their faith with friends and loved ones. Be sure to pick up your copy today at your favorite Christian bookstore. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Our modern Latter-day Saints who oppose the plurality of wives, also denying Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. We've been looking at a small little portion of page 27 in the December 2021 edition of the Leahona Magazine. It comes under the title, Official Declarations 1 and 2. Just to recap, Eric, why don't you read that portion so our listeners understand clearly what we're talking about today. In the last 200 years, the Lord has revealed many truths to his prophets. Some revelations lead to policy changes, such as those found in the official declarations. Adjustments are a natural part of the true and living church. However, doctrine, the foundational eternal truths of the gospel, never changes. This visual helps us see the relationship between church policy, and doctrine. Now, we admit this can be very confusing if you're not real familiar with how the LDS Church operates. But we've been looking at, for instance, in the past couple of days, specifically Official Declaration 1, which deals with the doctrine of plural marriage. And we showed in the past couple of broadcasts that celestial marriage was equated with plural marriage. It was one and the same. Brigham Young certainly did believe that if you believed in the doctrine of plural marriage, you needed to practice that doctrine. Otherwise, you would forfeit your own exaltation. The two went together. So are we to believe that this article is trying to imply for modern Latter-day Saint readers that somehow you should still believe in the doctrine of plural marriage, but you just don't practice the policy of having more than one wife? Because that's certainly not the way Brigham Young or John Taylor or even for Wilford Woodruff, the fourth president of the church for most of his life, he certainly did not believe that. Now, in yesterday's show, I ended with a comment made by Wilford Woodruff where he was saying that if you do away with polygamy, it would be only one feather in the bird, one ordinance in the church and kingdom do away with that, then we must do away with prophets and apostles, with revelations and the gifts and graces of the gospel, and finally give up our religion altogether. He wasn't the only one that took a position like that. When the church was being pressured to abandon the practice of plural marriage, these men stood firm. I really do think they were bluffing, 
But the problem for them was the federal government called their bluff, and they started confiscating property from the church, and that's what led to the signing of the manifesto by Wilford Woodruff, the fourth president of the church. And at the end of Official Declaration 1, you see that to be true, because there are excerpts from three addresses by President Wilford Woodruff regarding the manifesto, and in that portion, he admits that it was practical if the church was to survive at all and the leaders would not be put in prison, that they had to abandon the practice of polygamy. So what we're getting from this piece in the Liahona is it appears that the church is saying, well, we can have the doctrine of plural marriage, we just can't have the policy or the practice of having more than one wife. But what did Heber C. Kimball say on October 12, 1856, that was similar to what Wilford Woodruff said in that statement I read yesterday that he gave on December 12, 1869? And this is from Journal of Discourses, Volume 5, page 203. He said, you might as well deny Mormonism and turn away from it as to oppose the plurality of wives. Let the presidency of this church and the twelve apostles and all the authorities unite and say with one voice that they will oppose that doctrine and the whole of them would be damned. Now, oppose that doctrine. What's the doctrine that Heber C. Kimball is talking about? Well, he says the plurality of wives. That's the doctrine. Well, Was the federal government really telling Latter-day Saints you can't believe in a doctrine of the plurality of wives? Were they really saying you just have to abandon that thought? No, it was tied into the practice. That's what Heber C. Kimball is objecting to. We can't have it just in our thoughts. We have to be practicing it, or as I'm assuming, the policy of it, because that's what really changed with the manifesto. The doctrine is still there, folks, as I mentioned yesterday. Russell M. Nelson is sealed to two women. He firmly believes in the next life he's going to be married to both women, which means that the doctrine of plural marriage continues on in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's just that the, I guess we can assume, the policy has changed. Well, that's not the way it was in the 19th century. And that's the point that we're trying to bring out. But not only does Heber C. Kimball make a a statement like this, but we also find another interesting comment that was made by Orson Pratt, a Mormon apostle, on October 7th, 1874. And this is found also in the Journal of Discourses, volume 17, page 224. He said, now, after having said so much in relation to the reason why we practice polygamy, I want to say a few words in regard to the revelation on polygamy. God has told us, Latter-day Saints, that we shall be condemned if we do not enter into that principle. Let me stop you there. Sounds just like what Brigham Young said, doesn't it? Yeah. Not only do you believe it, you have to enter into it. And that's exactly the phrase, that word enter, is what Brigham Young said in 1866. He goes on and says, And yet I have heard now and then, I am very glad to say, that only a low such instances have come under my notice. A brother or a sister say, I am a Latter-day Saint, but I do not believe in polygamy. Oh, what an absurd expression. What an absurd idea. He continues, If one portion of the doctrines of the church is true, the whole of them are true. If the doctrine of polygamy, as revealed to the Latter-day Saints, is not true, 
I would not give a fig for all your other revelations that came through Joseph Smith the prophet. I would renounce the whole of them because it is utterly impossible, according to the revelations that are contained in these books, to believe a part of them to be divine from God and part of them to be from the devil. That is foolishness in the extreme. And then he says, the Lord has said that those who reject this principle, reject their salvation, they shall be damned, saith the Lord. Those to whom I reveal this law and they do not receive it shall be damned. Now, we know Orson Pratt was certainly a practicing polygamist. He was very outspoken on this doctrine, even to the point that it cost him his first wife. Sarah Pratt ended up becoming one of the heads of the anti-polygamy movement in Salt Lake City. I'm sure that was an embarrassment to this Mormon apostle, but she really got ticked off when he went on a mission over to the United Kingdom and came back with a young girl as one of his plural wives. That was not the only one. If you go see his headstone at the Salt Lake Cemetery, you'll see a number of wives were credited to Orson Pratt because they're listed on his headstone. Sarah Pratt isn't. She's a couple of rows away with a little tiny headstone. But that's the kind of problems that it caused for some women during the 19th century. But then we have this statement from Joseph F. Smith, who was to become the sixth president of the church. He said this on July 7th, 1878. This is found in Journal of Discourses, volume 20, pages 30 and 31. It is a glorious privilege to be permitted to go into a temple of God to be united as man and wife in the bonds of holy wedlock for time and all eternity by the authority of the holy priesthood, which is the power of God, for they who are thus joined together no man can put asunder, for God hath joined them. It is an additional privilege for that same man and wife to re-enter the temple of God to receive another wife in like manner if they are worthy. Let me stop you there because it sounds pretty clear that what Joseph F. Smith is describing here is taking on a plural wife. It seems very clear to me to receive another wife in like manner if they are worthy. He continues and says, But if he remain faithful with only the one wife, observing the conditions of so much of the law as pertains to the eternity of the marriage covenant, he will receive his reward. But the benefits, blessings, and power appertaining to the second or more faithful and fuller observance of the law, he never will receive, for he cannot. And then he went on and said, this is just and righteous. If this is not correct doctrine, then I am an heir. And if I am an heir, I want to be corrected. I understand the law of celestial marriage to mean that every man in this church who has the ability to obey and practice it in righteousness and will not shall be damned. I say I understand it to mean this and nothing less, and I testify in the name of Jesus that it does mean that. Notice how he's equating this doctrine with the practice. This article is saying, well, we can have a doctrine, but I guess we don't really need to always have the practice be the same. We can make some some course corrections, and that's all right. Does Joseph F. Smith sound like he agrees with that? Would he be able to look on page 27 in the December 2021 edition of the Liahona magazine and read that paragraph that you read at the top of the show, Eric, and go, yep, I believe in that. I don't think so. I don't think Joseph F. Smith would have said that at all. 
again, we need to repeat this. He said, if this is not correct doctrine, then I am in error. And if I am in error, I want to be corrected. I understand the law of celestial marriage to mean that every man in this church who has the ability to obey and practice it in righteousness and will not shall be damned. I say I understand it to mean this and nothing less, and I testify in the name of Jesus that it does mean that. Do you think that Joseph F. Smith had a definition of celestial marriage similar to what modern Latter-day Saints are told? In other words, that celestial marriage merely means to be married for time and eternity, because that's what they're feeding their people today. You ask any Latter-day Saint on the street, what's your definition of celestial marriage? They will tell you it means to be married for time and eternity. But as we've demonstrated, that's not how it was defined in the early years of the church prior to the manifesto of 1890 signed by Wilfred Woodruff promising the federal government that they were not practicing plural marriage or at least they were not solemnizing plural marriages, which of course, as I said, we know was not true to begin with. The church is currently practicing, as I said earlier, gaslighting. The things that are obvious to many leaders and obvious to many members in the early church are not so obvious to modern Latter-day Saints. And the church is trying to excuse this change as somehow it was merely a policy. Policies can change. Doctrine cannot. But the point we're trying to make is if you believe the doctrine of polygamy, you were supposed to practice it. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.